0: The Bible, you heard of that? Good. The Bible um, uh, is called the Bible. Okay, so see what they did there. It's called the Bible, and the, the word Bible is actually it's a it comes from a French word meaning library. Library, because the Bible is a little library. You've got a little library there, haven't you? It's, it's a book of books, okay? It's not one big book, it's a book of books, okay? So it's a book of books. So they called it, whoever was thinking about it, probably a bloke, sat down and thought, what should I call this? Oh, it's a book of books. I'll call it a library. Very creative, very creative. Uh, so that's what they called it. So, never judge a book by its cover, but we always judge a book by its title. So, you have all now been commissioned. The Archbishop of Canterbury and the Pope and anyone else uh, who um, you who know, leads Shane's Mates in Belarus, the Archbishop of Belarus, they have phoned me up this, this afternoon, they phoned me up before this, and they said, James, we want Top Church to work on a new title for the Bible. Okay? So, what are you going to call the Bible? Because the actual word Bible, that bit isn't, that title is not inspired by God. Okay? It's the bits in it, including the maps. It's the bits in it that's sort of the inspired bit, okay? That's just a couple of blokes coming up with a name. They thought we'd call it a library. So, very catchy, isn't it? See? So, if you had to rename the Bible, what would you call it? Okay, have a chat to your neighbor. If you do, it won't last for that long. You won't actually, you can say what you want, but uh, be brave, say hello to the person. If you don't want to talk about this, talk about the weather. Felicia will come up with it and Shane therefore. So you can rename the Bible and God won't be mad at you. Uh, what are you going to rename it? Okay, uh, maybe Corky, put a bit of music on the background just to uh, take up that space. Give it a go. You've got 30 seconds or a minute. <laughs> wonderful okay so anybody anybody got any names anyone got any good names so uh, really, uh, come on Shane the good the bad and the ugly someone likes the western films yeah yeah which bit would you put yourself no uh, okay any other any other names John book of life, book of life. very profound very profound Sarah the love of God, the book of the love of God, very good. Any, any over there? Any there? Uh, Dave, you looking thought? I don't know why I picked on you. You just looked at me. How to lose friends and alienate people. To, yeah, yeah. Jason, Bibble. yeah, yeah, black, yeah, very good, very good. Any one last, Colin. The way to go. I like it. I like it. So there you go. So we we I phone the Archbishop later and the Pope. Um, I won't really, but I don't have their numbers. But I phone them. Calum as they speak to Calum. Uh, I phone them and uh, we recommend we recommend uh, these titles. But it's interesting, isn't it, when you think about it, okay? Because the Bible, uh, the inspire bit that we like is the stuff in between the pages. Yeah, those who've got an old fashioned one of you know made of paper and everything like that. Um, The the actual title was we sort of came up with came up the titles of all the names of the books as well like really creative ones like Matthew um, things like that so um, but so if we're going to rename it we could do but I want to suggest if um, what we could do we could call it it's, it's, I don't think my idea is any better but it just links to my talk uh, which is uh, like the good book something like that the good book or, or you know the good life of goodness or the good book the life of goodness so we're looking at the fruit of the spirit of goodness uh, at the moment we've got on Goodness, and um, what we're going to discover is actually goodness isn't it? Isn't just like you know, uh, Paul, who's the chap who kind of wrote wrote it, wrote all the original um, stuff in Galatians. When he's writing, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, and all of them, okay, kindness, goodness, and all the others. When he's writing them, he's not just kind of plucking some nice ideas out of the air. So he's not sort of sitting there thinking. What would be a lovely way to live? Or what would be, I want to create some really nice Christians. And um, so I'm going to give them these nice qualities. It's not actually all of the qualities, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. All of them come from God himself. So if you want to know what God's like, he's a little bit like the list of these things that we're looking at at the moment. God is love. God is joyful. God is peaceful. God is patient. God is kind. God is full of goodness. And so, what we're going to see this afternoon is how this kind of fruit of the spirit of goodness is not just kind of a nice idea, kind of plucked from nowhere, but actually is really in one way of telling the whole story of the scriptures. So, I'm going to uh, read you three different readings that come up uh, on your screen, and um, each of them, throughout the Bible, you'll see this theme of goodness. And then we're going to uh, land on them, but it's just frozen. But Dave's run to the rescue. There he is. There he is. So. This is how it opens. This is how the Bible opens. It's a cracking opening. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. There was evening. There was morning. The first day. Next slide, thanks, John. Then God said, now we will make humans and they will be like us. We will let them rule the fish, the birds and all other living creatures. So God created humans to be like himself. He made men and women. God gave them his blessing. God looked at what he had done. All of it was very good. Evening came, then morning. That was the sixth day. And then this little bit from Psalm 27. Now those of, us who ever, those of you who join us for morning prayer, you might recognize this. From Psalm 27, it says, here is something I am still sure of. I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm still alive. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and don't lose hope. Wait for the Lord. And the last one we're going to look at is this, this beautiful little verse, Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it's tucked away in the New Testament, it says this, it says, you know, that's a real kind of Dudley phrase, isn't it, you know, you know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And what did Jesus do? He went about doing good. It's quite nice, isn't it? It's quite straightforward, a bit more less complicated than how we make it out to be. Anyway, Jesus went about doing good. He healed all who are under the devil's power. God was with him. What a great summary of Jesus' ministry. Went around doing good. So did you catch that? So Genesis, that's at the beginning, that's how the Bible kicks off. Psalms, that's sort of in the middle, uh, and Acts is kind of towards the kind of in the bit of the New Testament. So what we see there in those three instances, and I could have picked any, but how we see creation is good, and how we see um, the psalm, Psalmist talks about how we can see God's goodness in horrible situations, and Acts talks about, this is how I'm going to sum up Jesus' ministry, he went about being a right, pack, no, he went around just doing good doing good it's wonderful so we can see how goodness which we're looking at this afternoon goodness is linked to God himself and actually we could you know in our own unofficial capacity you know rename the Bible as the good book you know full of goodness full of the goodness of God the goodness of God so we're going to look at those three places where goodness is mentioned and see what we can learn about it this afternoon Then, after I finish we're going to have a song of worship Felucio will pray for our world and our church and ourselves. So next slide, thank you John, is uh, good and very good. So uh, now I imagine most of you this morning when you got out of bed, the first thing you did was read Genesis 1 and chapter 2, wasn't it? You don't have to tell me because I know. The uh, first thing you did thought, I must read those two chapters and as you were reading them, you noticed this, didn't you? You thought, oh after the first day we saw it in the reading, God made all this stuff and he saw that it was good we've just been singing about it see what we did there we linked it all together uh, second day he made it and he thought it was good quicker we respond quicker we end uh, third day was good I just i get you get the gist okay uh, and so they're the whole of creation every single day apart from one of those days which we won't go into God says it was good the whole of creation was full and primed full of God's goodness If you read the news today, at the moment, it's just so depressing, isn't it? You just feel the earth is this awful, evil place and everything's creaking and everything's falling apart. If you read the scriptures, you get a much more optimistic, positive view of humans, which is that when God created the world, it was good and full of goodness. As an aside, if you're here today and you're thinking, when I was doing that reading, you're thinking to yourself, yeah, but that Stephen, or- I've read Stephen Hawkins, and he doesn't think the world started like that. The-, the Genesis 1 is not like a scientific thing, it's like a poem. It's it's a hymn. That's how it- it's all written out, as a hymn. You can see it's beautifully written, and people have started writing, so it's a hymn. opens with a hymn, a song of worship prays about creation, Not it's not about science and all that jazz. So it's about uh, telling us things are good. But then, here's a plot twist, would you believe it? He's saying everything's good and then suddenly, so it's gone good, 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 good. Suddenly God makes something else and it's like good stretches to be very good, you know? It's like when you've done an amazing piece of work, isn't it, I've never done that, but imagine you doing an amazing piece of work and you get a really good mark for it and then it goes even further and it get you can go even higher up the rank, you know, there's some clever people out here I know. And it, it becomes even better, you're a 2-1 and you hit a first or something. You know, you're a C and you manage to get a B or if you're like me, you go from a U to a, a G. You know, it's a very satisfying thing, isn't its it? Is a, you know, so you see how you go from good to very good. That's what happens in creation. And why that happens is this. Is he makes the mountains and the seas and the mines and the wood and the trees. Makes all these beautiful things. And he says that is good. And then he makes humanity. He makes Kath Paul. He makes Amy. He makes Rach. He makes Nathan. Fair plain, He makes Jason. And he makes this whole variety. And he says you, that now is very good. It was good. But now Jason's on the scene. It's very good. Do you, do you see? because if you're God there's no greater thought you can have than making somebody in your own image that's a big thought to have if you're God isn't it I'll say that again because I like that point if you're God there's no greater thought you can have than making somebody in your own image that's like the biggest thought God can have you can't get much bigger than that the universe and all that stuff is cool but God's like I'm going to do something even better is make this thing called people and make them in my image and that's Probably one of the greatest thoughts he can have a good. And when he made it, he was like, "Yeah, that is very good. Yeah, I'm good at this creating stuff. That is very good." So when God looks at every single one of us this afternoon, He doesn't just think, "Well, that's good," you know. He doesn't look and think, "Well, you're a bit, you're getting a bit creaky now, James. You're getting a little bit old in the tooth," you know. He look, he does probably think that, but he looks at us and thinks. That is very good. With all your weird and wonderful ways, if you're like me, you have them. All your quirks and all the ways of thinking that you can't change and reactions that have been the same throughout your childhood. With all of that, God looks at us and thinks, yeah, that's very good. And he smiles and he thinks, I just love it when they don't get it. It's hilarious. He doesn't get all stressed at you like you get stressed at yourself, you know, or we get stressed at each other or anything like that. Just looks at us and he smiles and he thinks, what I've made is very good. The, the gender, the sexuality, what he's made is very good. It's not like got a kind of footnote on it. It is very good. You are very good. And that's why we just love humanity, because we are very good. There's a uh, really uh, story that I may have told before, but I really like a um, uh, sort of uh, kind of semi-hero mind chap called uh, Steve Chalk. Was he ran all these school academies, and he's a Christian. And the, the Guardian newspaper uh, 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 that, that many of you will read um, kind of caught on that this Christian was opening schools. And uh, this is sort of 15 years ago. And they're very suspicious. They think, you know, what's what's, the, what's his game? Is he going to teach creationism, you know, like we read today and all that sort of stuff. So they go on a train, they go up to one of his schools and the journalist is there, watches, them, watches Steve all day. And the way back has this kind of interview. And she's, um, you know, out to get him, not that sounds in a bad way, but out to kind of find out what is he really going to be teaching these kids. So he says to Steve, she says to Steve, Steve, are you going to be teaching Genesis chapter 1? Are you, you know, creation in six days and science is useless and all that sort of stuff. And Steve says, yeah, yeah, we're going to teach Genesis chapter 1. And she said, she thought, at last I've got him, this charming man who's got perfect teeth and has whitened them. Every day of his life, you know, I've got him now with that smile, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get him. And then she says, so, so how often are you going to teach it? And he said, well, I'm going to teach Genesis 1 every day. She said, what, you mean in all your science classes? He says, yes, in every science class, I'm going to teach Genesis 1. And he said, not just that, I'm going to teach it in geography. And she's like scribbling down, this is when they had pens and everything, scribbling it down, you know, uh, and paper. And said, I'm not going to teach it in history. And she's like, I'm loving this. I've got him now. I'm going to, he, you know, he used to be on GMTV you know, back in the day with Lorraine and all the gang. You know, We've got him. We've exposed the white Teeth man at last. You know, And it keeps going, and, and we're going to teach it. And then he says, we're going to teach it at lunchtime, Genesis chapter 1. And we're going to teach it in break time. We're going to teach it in the school holidays. In the ho- we're going to brainwash them all, and she is loving it. And then he says, so can I read you it? Can I read you Genesis 1? So he picks up Genesis 1 and says, this is what I mean. God created humanity in the image of God he made them. That's all we're going to teach through everything that we ever do that every child is valued and loved by God. That God has put his or her image in that person and they are valued and we want to see that image thrive and flourish. That's all it means It's not about seven days creation and all this jazz. It just means that what God has put in you and every child is beautiful and wonderful and we want to nurture it and celebrate it. He said that's the story Genesis tells and that's the story of the goodness of God. I like that story. I prefer that one than the one that I tell myself. I prefer that one than that you get thrown in at school, you know, the bad experience of school when you're lazy, you're not good enough, you don't fit in, and your work gets torn up. I love this story about a God who loves us and cares for us and looks at us and says we're very good. Isn't it wonderful? That's the first thing about the goodness of God. I love that. Amen. Amen. Second, come on, I dare you to be a bit Pentecostal. Someone say amen. 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 Great. My wife. Lovely. Thanks, Esther. Okay. Uh, she knows she wants to get home. So uh, the second thing is Psalm 27, which is, I believe... I. I believe shall, someone's dyslexic, I believe I shall see the goodness of God in that, that wouldn't have happened, wouldn't it, Kath, if I got got that checked out, I believe I shall see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Now, Psalm 27, now this morning, after you read Genesis 1 and 2, I know you read all 150 of the Psalms, but in case you didn't, Psalm 27 is a really interesting Psalm, so what happens is this, Uh, The psalmist is kind of worshipping God and having a nice day and then he kind of opens his eyes and he talks about how it's David, how an army is surrounding him, like a proper army is surrounding him. Now that's intense, that hasn't happened to me. He's got an army surrounding him and then he says everybody's forsaken me, even my mum and dad, I feel completely left alone. Now that is an intense, intense feeling. Now, now whether that is literal for him or whether it's literal for you, we all know that situation in our lives where it just feels like we are encamped. You know, we feel like you've got physically and emotionally no space. Do you know that feeling? I'm sure most of you do, where you're up to, you've are up, you got no space and you are desperate for it, where you just feel completely hemmed in. The writer to the psalm is saying, I feel completely and utterly hemmed in. And he's looking around at everything that's happening in his life and he's thinking, that is awful. He, he may have used more extravagant language, one never knows. You know, uh, that really isn't that good. That's all going pear shape. This isn't looking good. Uh, it feels like there's an... The, it feels like the world is an army against me. Do you, do you know that? It feels like the system, the world I inhabit, is against me. I can't find the job. That's not quite working. That person is being horrible to me. The education system isn't helping me. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. It feels like that sometimes, and it feels like within that horrible moment, those who are closest to me, I haven't even got them on my side. And that's horrendous, isn't it? When life's against you, is horrible. But when those closest to you aren't with you or for you, that is really the pits. And the psalmist says, even in that context, I believe I shall see the goodness of, the God, goodness of God in the land of the living. And he talks about how he does that, or she does that. And he talks about, about waiting and asking and gazing and being before God uh, in God's throne. Waiting and asking and gazing. And the psalmist has faith that even though the world is a terrible place and we're up against it, they believe they will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And that's my prayer for all of us that actually this afternoon is actually whatever we are going through, it begin, whatever we are feeling, it begins with, as the psalmist goes on to say, is seeing the beauty of God. If we can see the beauty and the goodness of God, that one thing we ask, for. if we can see that, we will start to see goodness happen in our land. So let's be praying for ourselves. Whatever we're going through this afternoon, however naff life is, that actually, or how naff it is for others, that we can see the goodness of God as we start to see God's beauty. And the last thing I just want to say uh, is simply this, it's brilliant. It's an amazing description uh, of Jesus. He just went about doing good. Isn't that fantastic? Is it just like, you know, it gets so complicated following jesus sometimes doesn't it really it gets sort of a bit overly complicated and everyone has their different views on what you should be doing as a christian should you be doing this that and the other and the, the little sermon in acts that i think peter preaches just na- nails, nails it probably the wrong phrase in christianity uh, um, highlights it beautifully which is this jesus went about doing goods So we have the goodness of God in creation, the goodness of God in us. We have the goodness of God that we can see even in difficult situations. And then our calling as followers of Jesus is just to do good. It doesn't say Jesus went about, in this verse, converting everybody. Jesus went about telling everybody why he was right and they were all wrong. Or that, you know, if they follow him, everything will be all right. If they don't follow him, they'll be in trouble. It says Jesus went about doing good. If you're around people, do you like being around people who do good? Yeah, I, I do. If you've got kids and someone babysits, do you like being around? Yeah. Yeah, quite handy, aren't they? Yeah, people who do good are quite handy in life, really. So why don't we become those people like Jesus that he went around doing good and that we go around doing good as well. And that our church just gets known for, oh, yeah, that's the church that does a bit of good in their community. We are here for good in every sense of that phrase. I'm gonna pray for us and then Dave's gonna lead us in a little song about the goodness of God and then Felicia is gonna draw us together as he prays for as she prays for the church. I'm going mad for <laughs> the world and ourselves. But let me just pray as the, the band gets into place. Loving God, thank you so much that you are full of goodness. And thank you that creation is full of goodness, that this book that we live by is full of goodness. Thank you that you look at us and don't moan and complain, but say you are very good. Pray for all of us, Lord, that when we're through difficult situations, we might still, like the psalmist, see the goodness of God in our lives. And may we be like Jesus, just doing good to as many people and in as many different ways as possible. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.